Welcome to the Top Shelf Podcast, a soccer podcast. This episode, we have another special guest, Manu Charlier, a Manchester United fan, is joining us. Last episode, we had a Tottenham fan. This episode, we have a Manchester United fan. I see a trend developing. What will we talk about? It's Top Shelf. United fans, something that we don't really get in these parts a lot. Uh, Manu Charlier, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little about your footballing history, why you're a Man United fan amongst us Liverpool and Manchester City fans here. And um, yeah, just, just, just let us know a little about yourself. Sure. Um, I am a what we were just calling a long-suffering Manchester United fan as opposed to really a long-time Man United fan. Um, I was living in the UK about a year ago and some kind of miracle happened and Jose Mourinho got sacked from Manchester United. Mm. And I had been kind of following uh different teams reading the back pages listening to podcasts mm-hmm. watching twitter etc cetera, etc cetera, and trying to figure out what team to get behind and me being in the tv industry and all that i was like jose Mourinho getting sacked club legend coming to the football club great narrative about to kick off wow. let's go and so that's why i started so- <laughs> uh following them and um yeah, it was perfect timing, and it was great for a couple months, and it was amazing that night in Paris. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't there, but you know what I mean. Um, and then after that, it's just been one thing after the other. Um, so I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, but um, I am kind of, I guess, a legacy Manchester United fan in the sense that my brother has been one practically since birth, so... I kind of have gotten um, a tangential kind of uh, affiliation for them uh, just prior to this, but um, it's only really been in the last year that I've become, you know, hardcore. Even through the suffering, even through the suffering, I got to give you a, a clap for that golf clap. Oh, a golf clap for that one. It's a great time to become a Manchester United fan. The time she was describing before, uh, you know, right when Oli took over and then they went undefeated for um, a few games, more than a few games. So, yeah. Those highs were high, man. Yeah. And, they were know, flying. As, 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 you know, and we all have our different reasons for becoming fans. You know, I, I described my, one of my reasons last, uh, I think the first podcast in Peter Crouch and, and Leo describes his reason in um, – in uh in Robinho and, and the whole Manchester City you know revival and and it's just um everyone has their reasons and I and I think that's that's a damn good reason right there you know being in the thick of it in in England and uh you know just going with the flow of the Manchester United revival and poor 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 girl poor girl she, she, she little did she know little did she know Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm sure I'll get lots of sympathy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure I'm going to get tons of sympathy from you guys. 
It's going to be great. Well, it's going to be great. Sympathy. And maybe you'll also get some knowledge too. You know, we've oh, been watching uh-huh. Manchester United for a long time, just as long as your brother and I, and, and we, and, and, and all the sympathy and jokes aside, we have a lot of respect for Manchester United, although we hate them, although we do hate them and Leo, especially, and, and Patrick and I, uh, at this time, Leo, especially Leo, I feel like you should hate us a little bit less than Caleb. What are you talking about? No, to be to be honest, I actually I actually don't hate you guys at all. And the reason I, I can't believe I'm saying this is a Manchester City fan, but the reason I'm saying this is because I actually miss the seriousness of our rivalry. Yeah. So yes, I was saying that I've really enjoyed watching Manchester United versus Manchester City in the past because the teams, I think Manchester City personally was still growing into themselves and was still growing into the superpower that they are today, except for the fact that they haven't won the Champions League yet, but hopefully that'll change soon enough. But nowadays, when I hear that the Derby is coming, I don't get that excited, that that killer instinct and that vengeful spirit I used to have watching Manchester City versus Manchester United for me is gone, which is why I don't hate Manchester United at this point in time. And I would rather them get back to the heights that was Sir Alex Ferguson. So these derbies that do come along are much more exciting than they are right now. Because to be honest, at this moment, I'm just expecting a Man City win. And that's basically it. That's all I really have to say on that one. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I, I want to go off on that. And, um, I mean, obviously, listen, he's he he's reminiscing on the days that have long passed. And we'll never get those days back. So I want to focus on the, on the present. And, um, Manu, you said that you became a fan when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was disappointed. And I want to know how that was when it first happened and how you're feeling now and all that time in between, because we've seen a lot of different faces of the Man United team from from then and now. And uh, I just want to know your reaction, how you're feeling about your team. Yeah, you know... <clears throat> I get what Leo is saying, and I um, I definitely appreciate the sentiment. Um, I think we have to kind of get used to the fact that at this moment, Manchester United is a mid-table team, and there's nothing wrong with that for this present moment. I'm going to accept that if we have begun on a trajectory that is the promised trajectory. So that entails youth being brought up into the academy, new players coming in, you know, kind of this rebuild with a club ethos that we've been pitched by Ed Woodward and Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, I believe in it and I think that it is genuine and I my only problem with it is the whole Brexit FC part of it, which I'm <laughs> like... Let's get some yeah. foreign blood in yeah. here. Um, but I honestly, like, I'm I'm willing to stick it out. And I am okay with the Derby possibly resembling more the Merseyside Derby for 
you know, the next year or two in which, you know, maybe we'll spring an Everton surprise and maybe, you know, we'll pull one out of the bag. But I, you know, honestly, like I can't, I can't get down on these guys because when you compare our squad to any other squad in the top six, there's just no comparison. And people try... Leicester does not have as good as a team as you do. You guys have superb players. Leicester, are you kidding? Leicester has a midfield. Games are won and lost in the midfield, and Leicester has one. We do not. We have not had Paul Pogba since September, basically. But do do you believe that's the quality of Leicester or the fact that, and I'm only saying this because you have better players in the midfield than Leicester. I just think that Leicester has a better coach. That is factually incorrect. I just think Leicester has a better coach than Manchester United does. I think the biggest problem Leicester... is the fact that you have a coach who came from um, almost a no-name team that he managed, and he just jumped to the highest level, the echelon of football, to, ma- to manage Manchester United, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Okay. Leicester have a number 10. United does not have a number 10. Like, we have been playing with Andreas Pereira in that position all season, and that is not okay. And I'm not about to get down (laughs) on Andreas because I believe and I trust that he is doing his best, but he is not a great player. So I, I get what you're saying about maybe man for man, like, if you take in a picture of the entire squad, perhaps in some areas we're stronger than Leicester, but I cannot, I, 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 I cannot see that we have a better squad than they do. Well, let's go, let's go into it. You know, I, since Pat's not here with us right now, he's going to come soon. I have to go Pat facts on us. Um, we have a number 10 in, in James Madison who would, easily walk oh, yeah. into the Manchester United team. Um, and then the, the other big names we're talking about here is another uh, England U21 and definitely potential mm-hmm. England international, Hamza yeah. Chow- Chowdhury. And then um, and then we have, I mean, Yuri Turlman, who has been my, a favorite on mine in FIFA mm-hmm, for indeed. who knows how long, Leo, you know, you can definitely attest to that, but he's come, he's, he's come on the big stage now in real life and killing it. And uh, I mean, that's just three guys well, who would just don't forget be crushing Ndidi. it at Manchester United like, right now. These, guys, these are yeah, three Ndidi, or four, but three guys out of those four walk in, no problem. And that's even yeah. with Paul Pogba there. I'm sorry. But the guy, he's wonderful, mm. and he's probably the only world, world-class talent that is genuinely on the team, but he lacks consistency. And I, and I would say that I would value a player like Wilfred Ndidi um, incredibly high, like that, that we don't have but, but anybody is- like that. We have Fred, and Fred has been... You know, and, and Fred is doing what Fred <laughs> oh, can Fred. do, but Fred was not bought for the right reasons. So <clears throat> I just, I, I'm, I'm willing to give this squad a break as long as there's progress being seen. And my frustration with the past two games 
Sheffield United and Aston Villa was that you saw potential in the final minutes of each of those games, the potential that this squad has to play amazing football. But they, they're, they're completely languid the first half and the first half of the second half. I mean, 70 minutes go by and you're like, what the fuck? And then they start playing in the 70th minute and it's like, wow, you guys are amazing. You know, I mean, did, it's just... Didn't Ole say like something said, like if he had the choice, he would have replaced all 11 players at halftime. I think there was a, a wonderful comment that he had spoken there. And, and to further build upon what you've been saying, you say that Pogba lacks consistency. That I can't disagree with. But one other thing that I think Pogba also lacks is commitment. And it's not because he doesn't want to be committed to Manchester United and what Manchester United is trying to do. I think he's just tired of all these promises that Ed Woodward and the backroom staff at, at Manchester United have stated is going to, to, to begin to, to grow. It's going to get better, as you were saying. They're going towards that promised trajectory. And yet, yeah. for the past five years, they've basically just bought in a panic. They, ha they have no clear vision. It's like they're basically copying Manchester City at this point because they've seen the success that Manchester City has done, or, or maybe not even Manchester City, excuse me. Um, which team has been using a lot of young players and has been very successful at doing this? Can anybody tell me this? If you're if you if you're trying to get me to bite, I'm on just Chelsea, saying that I'm not doing it. When Frank Lampard, when Frank Lampard came in, he had a clear vision for the club. He knew what positions needed to be strengthened, and he did all of that. And now I just feel like Manchester City, who was uh, not Man Manchester United, who was trying to do what Chelsea are doing. It's just falling behind even further. And I just don't understand it considering the fact that Manchester United has had more years to get this done than Frank Lampard has in one year. The man came in in one season and completely transformed Chelsea. Leo, you're literally okay, so, making me pull okay. my hair out. Um, like... No, 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 no. Okay, so let, let, let me let me interject. I have two two points here. Number one, Leo, I wanted to first address your your uh, points on Paul Pogba and my personal opinion on Paul Pogba, and that's what I was calling my life in for because this is a woman who um, does not, you know, she watches Liverpool every week with me, but outside of that, she doesn't know much about soccer, but she has opinions on Paul Pogba from the World Cup, from what you've seen in Premier League matches. However, you're talking about Chelsea now. Leo, do you know how many players Chelsea had on loan before um, Lampard came in? I want to just say, as as an avid FIFA fan and as a person who would most likely play um, football manager, <laughs> if, if we were those type of people, which we are, but I'm, I'm, I don't know why we're not playing, but one day we will, uh, you would be licking your lips to be a Chelsea manager at the point Lampard was. So-called transfer ban, my ass, because the amount of, I think it's 24 players on loan. Yeah, I mean, it's in like the that. 20s. 
with the players on loans. You can just choose and pick any, like, you know, potential, you know, England U17, U18, U19, U20 player you want and create a squad. I mean, you got Tammy Abraham starting over um, Mishi Bachwahi and Olivier Giroud. I mean, this guy is, I mean, like a fraction of their age, you know, just, just killing it. You know, so it's too easy for Lampard. I don't think it's too easy. My point is you guys have had more time to try to get this done. This dude did it in one season. That's I'm sorry, my but Leo, but you Leo, guys have had more time. time. You guys, wait, 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 wait. But all you guys did was panic buy, 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 random players who didn't fit into the equation. Or the um, the vision of your club, but Leo, who was the manager at the time when they were doing all these bye bye byes? Are you going to try to blame Jose Mourinho for trying to fix the team? I'm not blaming Jose Mourinho, but what I'm saying is that he has Ooh. he has his way of doing things, and his way of doing things is to buy for now. Yeah, but okay. half, half so those players, players like Manu Matic, but you also have to understand ex- that half those players were bought by Ed Woodward. Jose Mourinho wanted nothing to do with some of those players. Are but, you kidding me, Leo? No, he wanted nothing to do with Fred. Who who bought okay, Fred? Maybe Ed Woodward bought Fred. transfer window. There, uh, there's some murky water there. But you're not telling me that Ed Woodward wanted to go buy Manu Matic. But he he's a solid midfielder. He's a, Are you he's a very solid midfielder if you know how to use he him. Was. If you he know, was. yeah, yeah, he was. He, that's why he bought him because he knew what he could do for the team, providing great defense in the back. He just won a Premier League. The same thing as buying Alexis Sanchez he, he, when you bought Alexis Sanchez. Maybe it looks like they're at the top of their game, but they're about they're plateauing and they're about to begin a decline. And that is the lack of foresight of Mourinho. It's not, it's not his fault. That's what he was brought in to do. He was brought in as a quick fix, just as what he's about to do to Tottenham. I mean, they're about to go on a run of amazing games and maybe, you know, we'll pull out an amazing season and maybe even an amazing second season. But by the time the third season rolls around, they're going to be a club in a complete clusterfuck. Okay. So let's reel, let's reel back yes. in. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I, I still haven't put my, my finger on exactly how you feel about him. Should he be staying or should you guys be looking toward one of the, you know, few managers out there who have, you know, a, a CV that is far beyond his, you know, I mean, not, not to diss Ole at all. Cause I love the guy, but at the same time, yeah. you know, there's other options out there and, Teams yeah. are already starting to sack their managers, like at a, at a furious rate. Yeah, so I, I, why not I understand Ole? where you're coming from. Um, my feeling about Ali is that he is what is needed for right now. He is the person that has enough goodwill on his side from the fans that they will be willing to stick through this kind of rough patch is to put you know to put it nicely um if he's going to be clearing out the deadwood if he's going to bring bringing through academy players if he's going to be making purchases that are towards a long-term kind of more quote-unquote manchester united uh kind of 
team uh, identity, uh, bringing that club culture back so that there can be someone at the end of, I don't know, maybe it's even next season sometime who can pick up that uh, baton where he leaves it off and can bring the team to the next level. I think that Ollie is doing a job that nobody else could do. Because if they had brought in another, say if they had brought in Pochettino, and while Pochettino is, you know, you know, shedding Lukaku, shedding Alexis Sanchez, all of these players, things aren't going well, you don't have the same goodwill. So I, and you don't have the fans being able to say, oh, well, he understands our club. He knows what he's doing because he has the best interests of our club, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Ollie, he had a great quote the other day. It was basically somebody was asking him, you know, if he should listen to what Gary Neville was saying about how Ollie needs to be selfish in the January transfer window. And Ollie was basically like, well, Gary can say what he wants, but I'm not in this for me. I'm in this for Manchester United. And as corny as fuck as that might sound, like it's genuine. And I, Mm -hmm. and I, I approve of that, that sentiment. So I that's just where feel I'm at that Manchester United okay. has lacked a vision since Sir Alex Ferguson left. Okay, so but that's my, why they've brought my, but this Wait, in. wait, 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 this wait. Is, but my is problem is, how do you think that Oli is on the same level as Maurizio Pochettino? Why do you not think that Maurizio Pochettino would have been doing a much better job than Oli at this point in time? I'm very curious to know that. That is a very good question. Because Mercio Pochettino is still no, in a yes, job. Yes, I, I understand that. But you were you were trying to say that no other man could do what Ollie is doing right now. And I completely disagree. I said no other manager would want to be doing what he could be doing. And I don't think that I and I honestly don't think that they necessarily could be given the amount of time needed to do it. I think they would be sacked. All right. So I, I, I have um, two points. Number one. Um, January transfer window is coming up. Despite what Oli says or does not say, number one, my first part of my question is, what do you want to see change in your squad, if anything? What positions do you want to see changed? Who you might you want to see come in? Number two, I'm going to throw a few names out there for you, okay? You already mentioned Mauricio Pochettino. Um, I'm not sure if you know all, all these guys. Maybe Leo can enlighten you. Um, we're talking Gennaro Gautuso, uh-huh. uh, yes. Nico Kovac, um, Santiago Solari, Massa, uh, Massa, uh, sorry, Allegri. Massa, Allegri. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that, that name is so bad. Um, Allegri, um, Laurent Blanc, uh, I mean, Dunga, the former Brazil manager, um, Mark Hughes, and uh, the, the list probably goes on. Yeah. Any, first of all, we're talking names. Any players' names excite you as far as coming in or positions? And do any of those managers' names excite you as far as maybe a possible replacement? Um, well, let's go managers first, I guess. Um, okay. No, none of those names are particularly exciting. Um, Pochettino obviously is somebody that I, I think would be able to elevate the club and I and I do 
I would be happy to see him at Manchester United. I'm looking this at this holistically because so sue me, I'm a girl, and that's probably why I'm looking at this holistically. But the guy looks like he's fucking knackered. Like he is over it. And I don't think that he can take on a job right now. I think he's going to need to wait to the end of the season. Like he he he's just finished a really crazy ride with Tottenham. And I don't know if he's ready to get into any project right now. So that is like my, my one reservation about going pulling the Pochettino trigger right now. It's just it doesn't make sense given where you know but things I think, have I been think going for him. Going this to season. Manchester United, and to be honest, I truly believe that he's going to be your next manager, especially when your current manager says, um, or apparently a United source said that Oli was a little bit emotional and told them that if they don't get two results this week, he could be gone. A manager who tells his 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 team that or even sources uh-huh. within the club, that scares me already. But the reason why I also believe Maurizio Pochettino could do a wonderful job at the club is, is what he did exactly at Tottenham. He elevated Tottenham's gameplay. He elevated their status. Yeah. He elevated them as a club altogether. And he was fired for it. But the reason why yeah. he was personally, exactly. I think, very happy to leave, though, you know, he's going to put on the, oh, I'm, I'm very said i can't believe this just happened to me is the fact that daniel levy who is i have to admit an absolutely brilliant brilliant man was able to conserve money and build an extraordinary stadium and keep superb players on that team even at a low cost to him when it comes to salary the difference with manchester united is that maurizio pochettino will not be restrained by Daniel Levy's tactics. I think Ed Woodward is more the type of person that will spend 50 or 60 million on a player without blinking an eye. And that's why I believe Mauricio Pochettino would have yeah. a, a great time at Manchester United and be able to, to build that team from the ground up in a perfect way because he's, he's played and been at top level management, not like Ole, whose last appointment was at Mole. Wasting time is all I do So much smoke I can't see through Time so hard I can't escape So we're talking about uh, 50-60 million dollar players Is there anyone, Manu, you feel should be coming in And more specifically, maybe not personnel, but positions Positionally, and you mentioned the midfield before Yeah um, is, that, is that a defensive midfielder a wide midfielder an attacking midfielder what do you think you need strategically and positionally yeah no that's a that's a good question um at the moment everybody is you know if you look at united twitter it's like all about jaded sancho and james madison and i i'm not on board with the jaden sancho one specifically um, mm. I, I, I mm. have concerns, um, about, mm. uh, his mentality. Um, he is already getting in trouble at Dortmund, uh, because of behavioral issues. And I, for what the type of squad and the character profile that it seems like Ole is trying to bring into the club, he just doesn't seem to suit that. So I'm, 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 I'm a bit worried about that one. Um, and I would like just to um to just 
comment on what yeah. you just said there. I'm listening to Talksport. Shout out to Talksport oh, talk as usual. And um, I just, no one looks at that anymore. No one looks at player personality, how they're going to gel within the squad. It's, oh, they're a good player. Uh, we're going to sign them because they're a good player. And that's and that's the bottom line. We don't care about what language they speak. We don't care about how they'll gel in the squad, how well they behave. Back in the day, I mean, it, this is as short as 10 years ago. Leo can attest to that. People used to look at that shit. Like if you were <laughs> You know, if you were causing trouble, I mean, Craig Bellamy's of, of, of the day, you know, I mean, then, you know, you would either be sitting on the bench or, you know, it, it's just it, times were different back then. So I, I don't know. You know, people don't look at and when personality. You try to, Go and, ahead. Yeah. And when you try to apply those old school tactics, like what Lucien Favre is t- trying to do at Dortmund with Jaden Sancho, i.e. benching him. Mm then you get called out for it. And then potentially you're facing the sack. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's, you're, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. What he did was brilliant though. Benching Sancho was the right move because he needed to, I think Sancho, you're right. His mentality is off because I think he's too big for his bridges right now. The, the manner in which he is acting, he's not a superstar yet. Yes, you've had superb games. You're a good player. You reminded everybody last game by shooting that superb uh, shot against Barcelona and, and sticking in the top right corner. But the matter of fact is you really need to look at yourself and be a team player. Exactly. And, and, you and don't want to end up the next Dembele. Or the next Pogba, apparently, because the, to be well, honest, if you spend a hundred million on this kid, he ends up being like Pogba. I'm gonna cry. I'm really gonna cry. <laughs> so, so we were talking about Paul Pogba, and I, and I unfortunately couldn't get my wife in here, but my wife um, saw him play for the duration of the World Cup. We were in Hawaii, which was nice, mm-hmm. and uh, we watched the World Cup, and then she proceeded to watch him for Manchester United afterward, and she's a an athlete been playing on teams for, you know, half her life. And she smelled something very rotten on Pogba that she did not like. She's just like, I don't like this guy. I don't like the way he acts. I don't like the way he trots around the field. I don't like the, his mannerisms. And I would, I, I found that, I, of course I enjoyed it. So I would bring up every bad article I bought up about Pogba, you know, and just present it to her. Like, oh, look what Pogba did today. And this and that. And, um, the, the the social media aside, I truly believe Pogba is a coach's worst nightmare. And as a coach, a PE teacher, a trainer, um, this kind of person can be poisoned because once he turns on you, you've lost your dressing room. Because his manpower, his ability to to draw people and to smile and to, to make friends and blah, 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 etc. It's just... It's it's contagious to the players, and coaches have a lot of trouble with that kind of thing. And um, I think that's what happened to Jose Mourinho personally. And I think when he does get fit again, if he doesn't like what Ole's doing, it'll take days for Ole to go, if, if he's even around by then. Yeah. Um, but it's um, this is the player he is. And I think he's got tremendous talent, but he's not the type of player I would – uh, particularly like coaching. And I think 10, 20 years ago, a player like Pogba maybe would not have been able to make it, you know, because people would have put him in his place. 
I, I don't know, you know, or maybe he would have turned into the, one of the best players ever, like Ronaldo. I, I'm going to play so, devil's advocate here, man. Once again, I truly believe that when Pogba first signed for Manchester United, he was made promises about what this team would become, the trajectory this team would be taken. For the past three yeah. seasons, I know, and trust me, Manu, I get it. it. Unfortunately, it just has not worked out that way. And I think he's just reached a point in his mind, in his mentality, where he's over it. He's just like managers keep coming in like a revolving door. He doesn't like the gameplay, the style, and he's just tired of it. And don't get me wrong. You're a professional. You should act professional at all times. You should play your hardest. You should do whatever you want to do. I, I just think at this point, it, he's just reached his end point. And he wants to leave this team. And I think he's using Jose Mourinho dark arc tactics to try to get out of there in any way, shape he can. He doesn't want to spend his prime years on a shitty team. He doesn't want to play with shit players. Unfortunately, that's how he feels personally, I think. And I think that's why he's just maneuvering and, and you know, complaining and doing all this. And you're seeing bad articles every left and right on sports mail and on mirror. And I think it's just because he's trying to get out of Manchester United and he's trying to use any tactic possible to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to make any value judgments on kind of where his personality and mindset are at. But what I think is difficult if you're a player like Pogba, you're coming in for big money and you are expected to be a three for the price of one type thing. Like the guy, if he doesn't play as a six, eight, and a ten in the same game, it's seen as a failure. Like, the expectations for him are miles above what any any reasonable expectations should be. Um, and I, I, I honestly, if I were him, I would be sick of it. I would be sick of constantly being judged to an impossible standard. A standard that, like, nobody actually knows what the limit is because they haven't seen it. So it's... It's one of those, you know... No, that's brilliantly said, and that could be his mental state right there. That's absolutely brilliantly said. So what I what I think that um, what is needed uh, is a number 10 uh, striker, um, right wing, if possible, um, and defensive midfield. You don't think Rashford can do it? You don't think Rashford can do that job? Right wing? No, no, center. Number 10. No, 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 no. Okay. No, he's on number nine. Yeah. He's on number 10. Okay. I, I, I do like Rashford on the wing, personally. Um, I just, it's it's if he believes he's a, uh, a winger, you know? It, it reminds me of a Theo Walcott kind of thing, like always believed he's a striker, but... Definitely plays yeah, better in the wing. or in a two, in a two-man strike. Like, he's brilliant coming in from the left. Like, he's, I mean, he even, you know, on the England squad, he takes Jaden Sancho's place. I mean, like, Jaden Sancho thinks he's hot shit, but Rashford is, I mean, Rashford's playing for Manchester United. Come on. And he's still yeah. making it in, into the England squad ahead of him. So, anyway. That's not What about your day. defense? You don't think that Maguire needs somebody, a compatriot? to to help him out no i think axel is gonna come through good axel twanzebe yeah 
I think he's well, going to come good. Well, I'm not worried. Well, you, you seem to have a, a lot. I think Victor's had a bit of a hard time. Listen, if we're going to... I've been here. I've been in the same exact position that she is in as far as um, Liverpool and, and, you know, her her um, her fandom goes. You know, we, we were languishing in 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th place for, for years, you know, so... If you keep the faith and you realize that football is cyclical and things will always come around to benefit you, especially if you're a club like Manchester United or anywhere in the top six or seven, you know, look at Leicester. You know, their circle is very small right now. They're about to get the Champions League yeah. football again. And that was just like, you know, as far as I can remember, what was that, five, six years ago, you know, when they were when they went on that crazy run and won the Premier League? I don't even remember that. It, it was around. It, it couldn't have been that far. Yeah, 2016. Oh, my God. That's not that's around the corner, you know. So it, it's um, it's football is cyclical and, and teams will do well one day and teams will fall from yeah. grace the other day. And we're going to we're going to talk about Man City later. And, and that's. I, that's another team that you know. It, it are they on the downfall from grace? You know, we talked about this last last um, podcast, and another a draw, another draw, and um, I think that that'll be our next topic. Hopefully, Patrick will join us soon. But go ahead, yeah, and make your last point. Yeah, just my last point, point is the, the the nice thing about languishing in mid table is that you find other things to get excited about. You're saying, you know, my being mm. behind Axel, I'm 100 percent behind Axel. I'm ecstatic and supremely excited about this kid Brandon Williams left left back taking possibly taking Luke Shaw's Mm. place I mean the kid is so exciting to watch I was more excited about watching the Astana game in the Europa League than seeing Aston Villa (laughs) because they were playing with you know I think it was a total 11 it was Eleven different players, all coming up from the youth academy, and seeing how those kids were going to play with some first teamers, and to get that experience playing against grown ass men, um, it was just it was brilliant to see, and it was exciting. And if you know, if I can't see my team win, then at least I want to see them trying new things and to give opportunities. And some of these kids are really surprising us with what they can do and Brandon Williams is an example Axel's another and we're just gonna see you know Mason Greenwood etc who's gonna come through to, at the end of the season I think with those so, yeah, players the piece. future does look bright well for said. Manchester United agreed and I well think said. I think uh, especially Williams I really do love him at left back and listen, worst comes to worst, you sell them off for good money and you replace them and you replace them with some good old talents. <laughs> you know, this is the game. You know, what can I say? Leo knows all about selling youth players, oh, right, Leo? Yeah, Leo. Well, yeah, yeah, but just like Chelsea does, and they make a profit just like we do, and we only take the best. For example, like Phil Foden. I mean, Phil yeah, Foden is how many of them are in your team. first team now? Uh, we we have one right now who's doing uh-huh. very well. We're looking at Eric Garcia, who's also might be coming up as well. Listen, when it comes down to it, when you have a team like Manchester City, yes, you're going to have plenty of players in the academy. We don't keep them or loan them out like crazy like Chelsea does. What we, what we end up doing is selling them to other teams so they can actually take these players and grow them so they can feel like they have a home, someplace to stay. Yes, we do pick the very, 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 best of the lot and yes we do bring them up to the first team just like phil foden just like eric garcia that's what we do 
Top shelf. Fam life, my friends. So kick it. So we're gonna discuss this weekend's games. Let's start with Liverpool, Brighton, and we will discuss the other games because there's so much going on this past weekend as far as calls go, goals, beautiful goals. Beautiful goals. Mm, um, okay, yeah, that know, was honestly that was that was my goal of the weekend for let, sure. Let's start with that. Let's start with that. I, I, I wanted to start Liverpool Brighton, but let's start with Kevin De Bruyne's goal. And I want to make one comment on Kevin's De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne's goal and um, oh, okay. Well, that's that's a little much. Strong. That's a little, he's he's good, but this he's is on his way. He's on his way. That that's what I kind of wanted to say. I wanted to say, oh, like, what does that goal? Who does that goal remind me of? Like, you know, like I'm trying to compare him to like greats I've I've watched in the past, whether it be in person or on YouTube or whatever it is, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, no. That's a Kevin De Bruyne goal. Only Kevin De Bruyne can score that goal, and 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 that's what he offered us. And it's a beautiful piece of art. That goal. Wow. Only, and the and the announcer said it. A handful of players, maybe three or four or five players, can score a goal like that on any given day, and he is one of them. And it's a beautiful piece of work. Go ahead, Pat. He looks. It looks so easy for him too, man. Mm-hmm. Like he, he almost looks. I don't know why. He every time I'm watching him play, I'm like, "Yo, this man is so good that he looks bored constantly." You know what I mean? Like, like it too. He's kind of built like like he just like yeah, yeah, like, like a footballer. Like you know, <laughs> he's kind of Paul Scolzi. Uh, That's actually a good one. Scold, yeah, Scolzi kind of looked more pissed off all the time though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he looked angry. De Bruyne just looks like, "Oh, come on, guys, keep like keep up, guys. Come on, keep up." He like right. puts a ball uh, uh, every game. He's putting six, seven, eight crosses in the box to the most dangerous spot. Keeper never knows what to do, no matter who the keeper is. You know, you, it, it doesn't matter. And like, I feel like when when his uh, teammates don't get on the end of it, he'll just like turn, you know, and just be like, "Oh, there's another perfect." No, ball but that's wasted. serious. No, but he's got it right. <laughs> that is absolutely his attitude, and he's got a point to the fact that I believe goal. That's what. So what makes him so good? Want to come out, man. They understand that Kevin De Bruyne's balls in the box curve so much. You think you're gonna go get it? You think, oh no, no, I can get this. I can come out and get this. And then all of a sudden, it starts moving away from you. Like, uh, uh-uh, no, nah, man, I'm staying back. Fuck this. Fuck this. I'm staying back. I'm gonna get destroyed if I leave this box. I cannot move away. Yeah, I mean, imagine how it feels to play, play against uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson at the same time with those with those curled. Cross coming in from left and right. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne pretty much offers you all of that in, in one package. He's he's the perfect. He's he's the hand of bag of chips, you know. And lots of yeah. Do you yeah. want some fries with that? You know, like he's 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 the perfect. Is there? <laughs> yeah, Kate. Okay, what you're just gonna say is he is the perfect midfielder. Like for me, <sighs> and like what what I enjoy, I I look at the way he plays, and I just think, man, this this is like. He's a, a complete midfielder, Atta- more attacking, obviously. Like we can slant slant it that way if you want. But he could probably play quarterback. But he could probably play quarterback if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he, it's. But he, yeah, go ahead, Pat. I'm sorry. Is, no, I was just gonna. I was just wondering: is there in the Premier League right now like a more complete midfielder than him? Hmm. 
No, no, there isn't. I don't. That's for me, there's not. Question. I think. No, yeah, there I, I think he's. There's no one else yeah. on his level in the midfield in the Premier League. Right. Personally, but Devil's Advocate. I mean, when's the last time we saw this type of Kevin De Bruyne? What year did we see this two year, level? Two years I'm, I'm ago. Sorry, I'm sorry. He was two years he ago. Was injured man. He was injured. Okay, yeah, that's, that's my exact point. That's my exact point. Yeah, but every time that he's not injured and he's at full health, which is he when plays like this, which is like every two years, dude. Uh, that's all. That's my only point. Like. I haven't seen him play like this since 2016, 17. Like it's, it's, it's been. Uh, I mean, if if he can keep this up, I mean, let's just uh, consistently for another maybe one, two seasons, then he'll write his name in the record books easily. You know, but yeah. but uh, let's just face it, that's not happening. He's not. He's gonna, he's gonna get injured again. You know, but let's just hope that Pep Guardiola has learned his lesson, and he obviously has because of the rotations, which we talked about last podcast. And he's going to probably try to. I mean, seventieth minute—that's when he came out last game. He's smart. Pep Guardiola's learned now. I'm gonna save my player. Yeah, you know, I agree with that. It's smart, especially. I mean, but also you saw what happened when they took when Pep, you know, rested. Him. Yeah, it's kind of hard to watch him get taken off the field and then Ooh. you know. Okay, so Leo, the, the midfield gets gets lost. For Manu, City, you know, they Manu. Just lose control. Any any uh, did you watch the game Manchester City uh, Newcastle? No, I had such a hard time watching games over the Thanksgiving weekend. No, of course, to be completely honest of course, with you. Of course, no. But um, that goal was spectacular. You know, of course, watch some highlights. Absolutely, yeah. It's. Um, I cannot knock Kevin De Bruyne. I have nothing to say. He's he's superlative. And, and someone who is very similar in in scoring fashion. I mean, come on, man. We've we've got to bring up his name, Zlatan. Ibrahimovic, okay? That's a man who can score a goal like that day in and day out. Like, it's nothing to him. Good call. And and I want to go into another game. uh, Sorry, another goal scored that game. uh, John John Joe Shelby. Shelby. And and there just happens to be two Liverpool supporters on this podcast. And this happened to be... That's my guy. This happened to be a weekend of (laughs) Liverpool. Of, uh, you know, I want to talk about John Joe for a second, and I want to talk about Harry Wilson as well, who scored a fantastic. Oh, thank Harry you, Wilson. So we're talking about two Liverpool um, or former Liverpool players, and John Joe's goal was, you know, although Kevin De Bruyne was only a Kevin De Bruyne goal, John Joe's goal was very Steven Gerrard esque. I mean, the way he, that was, he yeah, that it. was straight off the training yes, ground too. Yes, you know? the way he just placed it into the goal was very Steven Gerrard esque, and um, I'm just very proud of the the player that this kid is becoming. He's had a lot of bumps in the road. We all know about John Joe Shelby's attitude, his history, blah blah blah. I just, he's a captain of his club. They're performing okay at the at the you know they're they're all right, but I mean just to be captain and performing and scoring goals in big games like that, I'm very proud of him, and I'm really sad. I was really sad to see him go, but there was just no room for him at the club at the time, you know, with Gerard and Lucas and all the players we had in the midfield. But you know, that's a great player. Any comments on that goal? I mean, what a goal! To be honest, while I was watching that game, Caleb, I I don't know what it is, but. I- I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. It's going to sound crazy, but I I, I, oh, I, get these gut feelings. Like my stomach starts to just grunt. Oh, no. You're about to say it. And twist. Uh-huh. I He's knew, coming back. I, I knew. 
that they were going to score on us right there and there. Okay. I, okay. I, I knew Dude. it. I had a feeling. I, I just stood there like, oh my gosh, I don't know why, but the players, the way they're standing right now, the way these players are positioned, we're about to get scored on. They don't even know it's coming. And as soon as those thoughts passed, the ball went in. John Joe just hit that beautifully, beautifully struck lower corner. And I said, fuck. That's basically it. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, two nicer strikes could not have been struck in one game. Pat comments on John Joe's strike. You know, the first thing I thought of, and it's, I don't, I don't know why it was just maybe there was a certain degree of cheekiness to it. Like I thought about, a, a re, I thought, and I'm not saying the quality is the same, but at least the, cause I felt like city was caught off guard, you know, Leo, like to hear you say that, I'm like, I definitely thought that something very similar, just how like they seem to kind yes. of be sleeping, you know, yes. for lack of a better term, I guess. And, and I thought about Barcelona at Anfield in the Champions League last year and Trent just playing that ball to Divac, you know, and everyone was just asleep and he just, boop, ball just, there was nobody. John Joe just had his clear, you know, a clear path straight to that far post. And like you said, Kay, he just placed it beautifully. Ger- Gerard-esque, you know, probably learned a little bit from, yeah, absolutely. from him. You know, and, um, just uh, hit, it, hit it where the keeper's and not. And we're going to talk about uh, sleeping players and players generally not paying attention later on in this podcast when we talk about that. Uh, Liverpool Brighton goal. However, Manu, I wanted to just yep. get your quick uh, opinion on uh, the goal, if you have one, uh, on John Joe Shelby or the Harry Wilson goal. Oh, Harry Wilson. I'm mm. sorry. That kid, like, mm. you can predict it. Mm. The guy, like, I, 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 Gerard 2.0. It's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> he, it's, he's like Ward Prowse. Except yeah. I don't know which is better. I mean, but, or Pirlo, or like, or, you know, one of the, yeah, one of the great contemporaries. But That's my yes. question. Yes, no, he's phenomenal. And I I mean, if I were a Liverpool supporter, which I most definitely am not, I would be very proud of him. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm oozing with happiness. And I've seen this kid for, take free kicks for the U23s, uh, for our youth squad, for Liverpool's first team, for the preseason games. Um, I just want to throw it out there. We're looking at one of probably this generation's best free kick takers. You know, I mean, if he can get okay. consistent football, we're looking at Pirlo, we're looking at Kaká, we're looking at like uh, all the great free kick takers you could think of, um, Roberto Carlos, fucking Gerard, all that shit. You know, like yeah, Kate, okay. and you bring and I bring Gerard's name up too, just because of the Liverpool connection, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they they want him. Like, I don't know why I just have this in- intuitive feeling that they want to create like a Gerard 2.0. You know what I mean? Like a new generation's so how long, Steven Gerrard, just like to hold down the midfield for, you know, 10 years or whatever. So how long is he staying at I was going to say, is he, is he just on loan? You know, I thought he got sold. Oh. Yeah, he's on loan. Oh, yeah, no, he's on loan. Okay. No, he's on loan. There's, there's, there's no way. Um... Yes, they they're, they're not selling him. Where is he going to go be on their sh- team? I would be shocked they, if they sold Where is he going to go on their team? Please tell me. He's still young. He's still young. Where is Henderson going to go in two years? No, I, I just don't think he's going to be slow. He can't. I don't think. I mean, I love Jordan Henderson. Don't get me wrong. But like I see him as get, as an older player. And if the club is smart, they're looking at someone like Harry Wilson and they're saying, well, we're going to need someone that's at least that high class, if not more than that. I just don't think Henderson would play. I mean, um, Wilson would be playing 
in that Henderson role. And listen, I don't know. I mean, Gerard started out on the left wing, you know, on the left midfielder position. So we don't know. But at the same time, I mean, as an attacking midfielder, he could definitely do the biz. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm saying you get him in the team however you can. Like, it's a good point by UK. Put him out, you know, in the somewhere on the wing if you need to in center midfield when you're yeah. rotating players. Kevin Pop is not an idiot. He's going to keep his kid in and around uh, the team. And if not, he's going to sell him for good money. So, and as, and that's a business. It's a business. I keep saying yep. it. It's a business. And uh, if we can't keep him and sell him for good money, um, let's talk about another game. Liverpool versus Brighton. Um, let's go off the cuff of what you guys were talking about on uh, players not paying attention. The Brighton goal against us. Has, did yes. anyone see it? What do you think, Leo, was the problem? Why did we get scored on? I want to hear your opinion. I, mean, I, got, a, I got a theory too, man. I mean, well, You know what, Pat? Go ahead first. I'd like to hear what you're going to say first, if you don't mind. I don't know why. My angle is just Adrian. Okay. Go ahead. My angle is Adrian, man. Like, yeah, the players. Yeah. Okay, the players, <laughs> like you're saying, okay, you brought it up. They were clearly not paying attention. But, like, this was straight off of the Allison red card, which was its own thing, which was just goofy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really blame him. It was just How this do you not play. blame him? What the hell I mean, was okay. that? <laughs> <laughs> it's inexcusable. I can't explain it. Other than maybe he's a keeper and the ball's flying at him, so he should have prevented a goal. But okay, like both red card deserved. Boo. <laughs> yep, red card deserved absolutely. But then Adrian comes in, he's standing there yelling. For how long? How long was that break? Hmm. It felt like an eternity. It's probably let's say fifteen seconds, which is probably entirely too long in a referee's point of view but but go ahead finish your point oh yeah no and you know the referee i'm not going to even say that the referees you know blew a quick whistle to start it i think there was plenty of time and that's my point mm. is he still standing near post and by the time you know i i can't help but watch it and i think he took two steps he could have he could have dove for that ball Oh man, he was on the post when the ball was struck. I, I know, and he was shocked. I feel like it was like shock for him, but all right. I, I mean, my news. Did I you see like that? Goal? Yeah, I did, and I, 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 yeah, I did see it, and I remember the whole um, what's his name from Brighton. He was really smart about it. I mean, Dunk. yeah, Lewis Dunk. I mean, you know, you get a taste of your own medicine. I'm sorry. Hmm. Leo, thoughts? <laughs> I just it was it was it was pure class from Dunk. the The man saw an opportunity, he took it, and he scored. It was it's as simple as that. Adrian was too busy trying to set up his wall, trying yeah. to act like the big man. Exactly, <laughs> of, of exactly. That's that what I was Thank going you, to Leo. say. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> to the left no 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 no. listen listen i need you two more centimeters to the left you're messing me up here okay i <laughs> yeah, need you like, to stand in the wall like, I'm perfectly in the... what is wrong with you yeah he's wait like... give me a second i gotta go pick up the ball on the back of the neck i'll be right back <laughs> yeah he's like i'm in the game now guys i'm in the game now guys hey listen to me damn i'm it. in the game listen now. To me. <laughs> if you don't listen to me we're gonna Look. lose this goddamn game. oh wait wait i'll be oh, oh, my time oh, that just happened. all right so you want to hear my thoughts because i disagree with all of you actually <laughs> 
surprise. Okay. Why? Because um, you have Liverpool uh, running through your body no, no, and you just can't have a no, bad no, no, opinion no, no. about Liverpool. And, and you're gonna, no, you're going you're gonna to be very intrigued by what I have to say oh, right really? now. really? Please. Please intrigue. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily um, Adrian's fault. Yes, he was a little rambunctious coming in. You know, did a lot of yelling. But at, I mean, listen, the majority of us have played soccer, okay? When you're setting up a wall and your goalie is giving you a direction to, to where to stand and he's yelling at you, okay? What are you going to do? You're going to listen to him. You're not going to do anything else but move. I, I intently watched that play. He was yelling his brains out. No one was moving. He who was, was he yelling, yelling to, Kay? Who was on the wall? He was yelling to people on the wall, and I don't know who was on the wall, Pat, and I wish I could call out the names, but it's their yeah. fault. It's their <laughs> fault, Pat. I can it's see their that. That's fault fair. for not fucking moving quick enough and not listening to the guy and because they all gave him high fives. Everyone gave him a high five when he came up. Give him a high five, but don't listen to a goddamn word he's got to say when he's trying to set up his goddamn wall. You know? It, no, no, Leo, it pisses me off that this guy's going to come on and he's not going to get listened to by his players it takes three seconds to set up a wall it should have taken three seconds that's it and he thought i you know, listen goalkeepers i've seen them you know go in between trying to set up a wall and get in a position because they know they don't have much time and he should have been more aware i i definitely agree with that but my dude's gotta listen to him my defensive line my wall has to listen to him quicker and that's all I have to say. And he's going to be the goal, the, the goalkeeper the next game, and uh, people just got to step up. And I can see how frustrated he was with that goal because um, I would be chewing players out in the locker room if I'm a goalie, as a player and as a as a coach. I'm not very happy. Well, with that, I'm, I'm, that I'm goal, hoping. You know, I'm hoping personally. he goes that's into a weak mentality in the next game because he had one one disastrous ball that almost just literally slipped into the net. He had to scramble and run back for it. Yep. I was just like, "Wow, oh god, I, I cannot wait for next game yeah. in Liverpool." What's your next fixture? Oh shit! Oh, is it the Merseyside Derby? Yes, Merseyside. Oh yes, yes. Uh, it's one of my favorite games of the season. It's one of my favorite games of the season, and this is on my list of things to talk about. And uh, it's one of my favorite games of the season because Gerard loved this game. Gerard used to love this game and play his heart out for the Merseyside Derby. And it's got history, and I just love it because Everton always plays up. You know, and I just want to see them because they suck right now. They yeah, it doesn't. They're yeah, they're absolute bottom. They're all, almost in relegation zone. Oh, watch them play. Watch them start playing all of a sudden. Watch your Charleston start whipping out the yep. goals. I mean, he scored last game, but still. But like, it's like, you know, just watch it happen because this is the game that matters. Okay, can we keep a clean sheet? Yeah, what is no. wrong with you guys? Why aren't you on the Why night can't we that Allison want like? What about Ederson? Everybody focuses on us. No, what about I mean, Ederson? What he about won, what was it called? The Golden Glove or whatever it's is called. That a, is that a joke? Caleb, is... What, what about know, but Is that a joke? Um, Let's see here. You have Virgil but van it's Dijk. Not, it's it's not just Allison. You have Robertson and you have Trent Alexander-Arnold. So are you saying that you have your... Oh, no, no, oh, no, no, no. Now you're no, complimenting no. Lover. Are you saying that you have your first... Excuse me. <laughs> now you're complimenting Are you saying Lover. that you have your first team players on the field in the defense, Caleb? No, 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 no. Answer my question, Caleb. Do you have your first team defense on the field, Caleb? 
then please be quiet. Please be quiet. Matip. Injured. Dude. Makes me wonder how big Matip is. Laporte. It's like losing Van Dyke. Shut up. Please. No, I mean, that's that's apparent. But my point, my point is that it was never going to be like last season. It was never going to be like that from Man City or from Liverpool. You know, we were always going to get scored on. Players going to figure us it out. Figure us out. Teams were going to step up. It was going to happen. You know, it, it's. I'm not surprised. Although I thought we would keep some more clean sheets, so I am a little surprised actually. Yeah, um, it's. Do bad. you guys think you're getting enough criticism for that, or are people just letting it slide? We should be getting more. We should be getting more. I think and it's I starting think, to get talked about. I think I'm starting I, to see it get talked about more and more. The players are talking about it, you know? Robertson yeah. said something after I the game. More, if I was a defender, defender, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah, yep, me too. pissed. But are, are they talking about just the defense? Because they're overall saying that Liverpool is 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 not just gliding through like they were last season. They're actually grinding out wins, you which is beautiful to see. you got to do. But you guys are grinding out wins. Mentality monsters. Like, boom, um, boom, boom. Three goals and the game's over within the first half. I mean, it's like one-one, and Roberto Firmino is getting an 89th minute winner, and you're just—I'm just sitting there like, you've got to be kidding me right now! Wow. Well, that's the same thing we were thinking when you guys did it, and when all your—oh no, absolutely! I just don't want to see Liverpool do it, and I'm just—I get very upset when I see an 89th minute winner by you guys. I was—we were in the same position as Manu was watching her team now, thinking that there's a late goal coming but it never came because the mentality wasn't there the character wasn't there and now when i see us squeak off these wins i'm just i the first thing i think about is like 2008 2009 like when we were just i mean or maybe more like 2012 but you know just when we were just squeaking out nothings you know when 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 what's his name <laughs> fucking Stuart downing was the best swing nothings you know like it's it was a sad time, and I'm just thinking about a win is a win at this point. And I can't believe we have this many in the, in a row, and we're going undefeated and blah, blah, blah. Minus just, at the theater of dreams, cr- I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it, it's it's a different time. It, it's a, and, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna keep saying it. It's it's a weird time in football, but again, football is cyclical as we were talking about Pat, you know, it's Manchester United will one day rise again and have their time. But for now, it's just um, kind of languishing there. And that's where I want to go and end this with Pat, your thoughts on Manchester United. Um, We didn't get to hear from you before what's going on with them. Do you think you're pro Ole? You're against Ole? I mean, Ole versus uh, versus uh, Jose Mourinho right now. Like, who would you rather have? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like I, personally, I would rather. Mourinho, I would take, yeah, I would take Mourinho. Oh, says Absolutely. the says the guy who hates Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Explain yourself. Well, I mean, it's for me as much as like it's hard to ignore people that are successful. You know what I mean? So if if I'm in a business making decision, you know, point of view, it's like we got this one guy who yet yeah, like won a few games when he took over. Or we have this other guy who's won, you know, three Premier League championships and many other European trophies, you know. So it's just as far as those two, I would take Mourinho. But watching Manchester United, the only player I like to watch on that 
on the pitch with them is uh, Rashford. Mm. And Martial. Because, yeah, I, I, that's fair. Yeah, Martial's all right. You know, I like him, but I, I really like Rashford. I really like that they finally listened to him. I'm sorry. And, and put him out on the wing, though. Because, when like, watching him up front when they thought he could be, like, a number nine, that was not working. And he, you know, and he spoke out. So I'll give Ole credit for, you know, He's at least trying, you know, he's managing out there. He's trying, but they're just okay. relying on youngsters right now. And I think that, you know, that's the excite has to be the exciting thing if you're a Manchester United player. And, uh, and as man, as Manu said before, it, that is the exciting thing. That's what's bringing excitement to Manchester United fans. Apparently is the youngsters is that injection of young blood. And, I like uh, Daniel James. Good player. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Okay, so from um, a business standpoint, as you were saying, is it or is it not time to let go of Oli right now? Uh, I like how there's talk about uh, Pochettino. Oh, uh, going there. really? You no, know, I don't know if you guys saw that, but yeah, there's, there's an article that, that would just out make me it? laugh. Yeah, I think I saw it. I forget where I saw it. Manu, I, I, I'll, Manu? I'll I'll send it to you. But what was I telling you? Uh, I. What was I thinking about? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, I'm not definitely disagreeing. That would be beautiful. Listen, if Pochettino goes to Manchester United, it will transform that team. It would be it would be so manager swap. Of the Tottenham United Manchester uh, manager swap. Are you kidding me over my dead body? I would never, would ever, so ever bad. take that man back. The man leaves scorched earth in his wake. I yeah, but we'll, uh, yeah, maybe you're right on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, but I'm worried I for Tottenham. I don't know. I understand that, Mom. The only sure. reason why I'm not worried for Tottenham this time around is because I actually think, for the first time, Jose Mourinho has changed. I think after the debacle, the shambles of what happened at Manchester United. I think he's literally like, you know what? I think I just need to approach my managerial style slightly differently. Um, if I could come at it from I mean, a, quite a little bit of a different perspective, I would just like to put out there that his change in um, persona, I think, is probably more motivated by the fact that he wants to be in London more than anything else. And there are a very limited number of London clubs that he could be a manager of. And Tottenham happens to be a very great option for him. And his options are limited. And it has a squad full of players that he wanted to buy. So really, there's nothing for him to be unhappy about. Wait, are his options, I mean, his options are limited in London for as far as big Yeah, but the guy go. never yes. moved. The guy stayed in a hotel for the two and a half years or whatever that he was at Manchester. He loves London. That's where he wants to be. He wants to be coaching in the Premier League and living in London. I mean, I I feel the same way. I love London, so I can't <laughs> I can't, you know, knock the guy for it. But, you know, if if it's quality of life you're going for, again, I mean, you have to look at these things holistically. I think it makes sense for him to be at Tottenham and for and to want to make Tottenham work for as long as possible. Yeah, Kay, to your point, you know, it's I don't think his ego would let him take a job that wasn't in the Premier League. I think he looks at the Premier League as the most superior league in European Agreed. football. And I feel like the way the way he like left Manchester 
I feel like he doesn't want to go like he won't let himself go out like that. Like he wants to be successful at Tottenham, I think. Well, apparently to him that was the best piece of managerial work he's done in of his with that career. squad to get it second place. Absolutely now. Everybody can look at that squad and say, Yes, you did an amazing job getting second place with that squad. Absolutely. Nobody can deny him for that. Oh, yeah. He also says that uh Tottenham is the uh it's a great squad, and they it's the best stadium in the world, <laughs> and uh, blah 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 and blah blah Better blah. He, he's, he's a he's a, a genius. Dollars on that thing. He's a genius, man. I I gotta I gotta say I I want to hate this guy so much, <laughs> but uh, I I really do think he is. Yeah, no, he is, and he's already gotten. Just... I don't know what it is going on in the press, but I if if I were a cynic, I'd say he's already getting word out that for the Tottenham Manchester United game, like he's about wanting to meet with uh, Manchester United staff ahead of the game and that he wants it to be a chill event, like that he's not going to come and bring like any conflict or whatever. Like he's, he's, he's. Of course they love him probably. Yeah. But what I'm saying is he's, he's playing out a charm offensive, not only, you know, in press conferences, but in the media at large, like it's just it's 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 my it's mind games on a whole other level. The guy is brilliant. Unless, unless you know, we're just seeing a new side of Jose Mourinho. Or Jose if Mourinho that's what he wants you to think, Leo. Uh, which could be hey hey, those dark yeah, think, tactics <laughs> are still working, yeah. baby. You're right. You're right. Those dark and I think we'll end on this working. note. I, th- I think we'll end on this note. Jose Mourinho said. When he was asked, "Will you make the same mistakes?" and he said, "No, mm-hmm. I'll make different ones." And I, ooh, beautifully and, responded. And I feel like that's the way we will approach with this podcast and with life in general. And I just feel like that's a great quote. And uh, he's a genius. So. Can, can, can we just nickname him the Portuguese Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> yes, as as Nate as Nate uh, definitely named him on the last the last podcast. The definitely the- oh, did he? Oh, oh, really? No, 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 no. That's- I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that away from no, Nate. Nate definitely uh, called him Voldemort um, uh, when he was a guest on our pod. Voldemortino, yeah, but with the better Voldemortino. <laughs> oh wow, that's a great one. So we're gonna end it on that Voldemortino. Voldemortino. We'll catch you on the next game week and we'll see what happens with Mortinho, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, all these teams we're following and uh, very happy to have you listening. Thank you guys for coming and and uh, being a part of this with me. Thank you. Ciao. All right. Yeah, love y'all. Thank you. Ciao bella. Ciao bella. See you. Check it. Bloody Marys on broken Sunday mornings are faded And I'm looking at some honeys that my boys once dated Pull the bacon out the oven, girl, I'm about to face it Reminiscent on last night, we were fucking wasted Fell in love a couple of times, didn't see the deal I just like I went